hope. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Game over, series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. And so are these fans. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. Boston organization has been well run for a long time now. From the top on down, here comes a 1-2 pitch. Red Sox win the World Series! 5-1 to the final tonight! And the best team in baseball wins it all in 2018. The Red Sox have won the World Championship. The Boston Red Sox beat the Los Angeles Dodgers 5-1. to They win the World Series four games to one. And the Red Sox become the first team in the 21st century with four world championships. Can you believe it? Welcome to another episode of the Pesky Podcast. Man, we're, we're sitting there, George. We got a trade deadline special coming up here. Uh, we got many writers, many re, uh, reporters, podcasters, people that cover other teams to come on with us, George. And we're going to sit there and talk about a little trade deadline that's just coming up uh, in a couple days, George. So well, what are you thinking so far? Well, it certainly hasn't been boring, uh, especially in the last 24 hours with uh, a lot of high-quality pitching uh, moving around. Uh, you know, I... I'm keeping my eye on the, the Red Sox as we speak and hoping the bats come alive late again. It looks like they are, but we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been an interesting uh, last 36 hours, if you will. Uh, you know, Texas looks like they they mean business, and uh, but I'm sure that other I'm sure that the other guys will want to talk about that as well. Uh, we haven't done much, you know, in terms of uh, you know. What we've done, we've got um, you know a couple of couple of pitches out of the deal, and uh, you know that's about it. So I'm waiting to see what Heim has in store for this club. But yeah, I'm excited. This is a great time of year for baseball. You know, people talk about you know what we want, what's available. Uh, you know, who's, who are we going to put out there? What do you get in return? It's it's the ultimate it's the ultimate in Red Sox fandom and baseball yeah. in general. So George, let's uh let's start bringing them in. Uh, sure. Let's sit there and bring on the uh, the kings of the AL East for right now. Uh, we're gonna bring on Mr. Josh Lynn, who covers the Baltimore Orioles. What's going on, Josh? How you doing? Doing well. How about you guys? Oh, uh, we're doing okay. Uh, you know, oh, wait a minute. Baltimore Orioles, they are doing a lot this year. No one expected this, and if you ex- if you say you expect it, you got to be lying. Yeah. Because uh, we we talked early on in the season when you know we played you guys and you and you're our go-to Orioles guy, and there's no way that we expected the Orioles to be this good this soon. No, uh, I believe when I came on your podcast earlier this year, I predicted like 87 wins. I think that's what I said. Um, so I knew they were going to be good. But this has completely surpassed any expectation I've had. Uh, the 
the offense has been phenomenal. Just the continued proliferation of our number one farm system, the prospects that have come up have largely been been really impressive. Uh, pitching is still, I think, has a lot of question marks. Hopefully that will be answered in the next couple of days before this trade deadline passes. But yeah, it's been it's been fun. So fun. Uh, well, let's uh, let's go next up. This man, he's an undercover Red Sox fan working for the Miami Marlins. This man I sit there and started talking to since spring training, and he's been a really, really great guy. Let's bring him in, Mr. Nick Diamond. Are you there, Nick? Cannot hear you. Are you muted, buddy? Nick, we're going to come back to you as soon as you're able to sit there and listen. Wait, wait. Hang on. Does that work? Yeah. Hey. Yeah. There yeah, we go. Let me take the headphones off. Yeah, guys. So, yeah, I do work for the Marlins. Grew up a Sox fan. Um, of course, yeah. Interested in both of the deadlines. This is the first uh, Marlins deadline I'm adding at in about 20 years. So, it's really fun. So, um, hey. Actually, as we're sitting here, a trade just went down. Nicky Lopez was just traded to the um, Braves. About oh, two man. Ago. So that's something that broke. Oh, that's 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 good, man. Uh, now, Nick, I seen you when you were in the back. You were pumping. Tell everybody what just happened. Yeah, uh, Justin Turner just got a two-run home run to take the lead here. So the Sox are up 3-2. Man, Turner tough, baby. Turner tough. So yeah, he's been great this year. Man, it, another our our next uh, our next guy bringing in. These guys have been hot really recently. We're gonna bring in Mr. Don Helbig covering the Cincinnati Reds. How's everybody doing? Good. Hey, we're doing good, Don. Well. What are the rumors that you're hearing over there uh, with the Reds going on? You know, it's really interesting with the Reds. Obviously, they're having a much better season than anyone thought. No one, you know, anticipated into July that they would, you know, be within, you know, game two of first place as they've been going back and forth with the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, but everybody knows they need starting pitching. Uh, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, two rookies last year, both got off to a decent start this year, but they've been injured and doesn't look like they're going to get them back until the end of August at the earliest, maybe even into early September. Uh, so they've been doing it with smoke and mirrors the last three weeks to stay in the hunt. Uh, ben Lively has been the fourth starter, Luke Weaver, the fifth starter. So they've been you know, still winning games, but those two guys aren't going to get you where you need to go. So they've been in the market for starting pitching help. They've been looking for controllable young starting pitching. The teams that have those pitchers don't really want to give them up unless you give up uh, something. And uh, the Reds, you know, they've done a really good job over the past couple of years of, uh, you know, they drafted well. They have acquired a lot of really high-end prospects and trades that they've made. Uh, some of those guys are now with the Reds um, playing key roles, having great seasons with like Matt uh, McLean, uh, De La Cruz. They've just brought up Christian and Conarsi on Strand. Uh, but they're not going to give up any of the top prospects that they have uh, they're playing in like double AA, a triple a 
Uh, you know, Marte is one of the guys that, uh, you know, he's been elevated to AAA, hitting over 300 there, showing some good power, playing at a great third base. Uh, Edwin Arroyo is a shortstop that they got in a trade last year, 20 years old, playing in single eight. Teams would want him. They're not going to trade him. Cam Collier, number one pick last year, not going to move him. They have pitchers, uh, Chase Petty, Connor Phillips, not going to trade them. So I don't really know what the Reds would have to give up that other teams would want to get what they're looking for with those young starting pitchers uh, and what they do have the trade. You're just going to get the same kind of guys back that you have at the back end of the rotation. If you were to move a Nick Senzel or you were to move uh, Kevin Newman. So they're kind of in a tough spot. You know, they'd have to give up something to get something, but they really do have to get a starting pitcher or maybe even two if they're going to have a chance. Yeah. Uh, starting pitching. I think everybody here, needs starting pitching so far and the next guy coming has a starting pitcher that you know they may want to give up they may not want to give up uh george you uh you remember him this guy covers the chicago cubs don yep. please please keep it civil you guys are in the division but you know i'll try i'll try yeah <laughs> crawley's cubs what's going on crawley how you doing man what's going on guys how's everybody doing good man uh good. not bad Oh, what are you hearing over there in Chicago? Uh, Stroman, is he staying? Is he leaving? What's going on, man? I, I know you guys uh, closed the door on Bellinger. I, I think that, that right now, you know, so the Cubs are three and a half behind Milwaukee for second place, and it looks like unless something horrible happens, they'll be four behind Cincinnati for first place. Now, right now, I am really praying that the Dodgers at the very least tie it up and make that game go really long because Cincinnati is going to be flying into Chicago tomorrow, uh, tonight, I'm assuming. they got a four-game set coming up. So after this eight-game winning streak, supposedly the Cubs said they're going to be buying and not selling. So uh, what are the Cubs looking for? They, they, they have pretty solid pitching. Now, with Marcus Stroman, he, accepted the, he declined the qualifying offer when he left New York. And so the Cubs will get nothing back if they don't move Marcus Stroman. But I think in reality, when it comes to the fan base, when it comes to uh, attendance, when it comes to their TV, they just started a brand new direct-to-consumer service. They don't want to be seen as sellers for another year. So what the Cubs really need is some bullpen reinforcement, which is what most teams need when they get to this point in time and they're kind of in it. The Cubs are pretty solid pitching. Uh, you know, they would like a bat. I don't know where they would get one right now, but they're really looking and kicking the tires. Um at, at different relief pitchers. And then, you know, Jaime Candelario is with the Washington Nationals. He was in the Cubs farm system. That's where he came from. We traded him uh, to the Detroit Tigers uh, to get uh, Justin Wilson, I want to say, in 2018. So third base is kind of a weak spot for the Cubs. But, uh, you know, right now um, I, I think they're going to – I do not think they're going to move any of the either the two big guys as far as Stroman or Bellinger. I think they're off the table. I think the Cubs are going to look to try to make a run. They they have um, they have a tough week next week again. Four against the Reds and then three against Atlanta. But then their schedule gets soft again. So you know the Cubs are hoping that the Reds do not get any more starting pitching because obviously that's their weakness. And they got to you know when you're when you're starting pitching is a weakness, then you're you're put your tax in the bullpen a lot. And so the hope is is that eventually that bullpen is going to come down to earth. The bats may cool down a little bit. I don't know if that's going to happen soon. And then the Cubs can hopefully catch them, but then you still got to deal with the Brewers too. Hey, uh, Crawley, we had a uh, something in the chat come up. Uh, Tony Kemp to the Cubs. What, what would you think? 
You know, there's you know people are throwing all all sorts of names around. Tony Kemp, yeah, that'd be fine. I mean, I, I just I I think more than anything, it really comes down to a third baseman or bullpen arms. That that that's the weakness right now. We kind of lucked out. We had Mike Talkman. He's you know been with the Giants. I want to say with the Yankees. Uh, he's having a, a really de- a decent year. He gives you a, g- a good leadoff batter, and then he's a good fourth outfielder. But the Cubs have had two black holes since that trade uh, in 2001 where they got rid of Baez and Bryant and um, Rizzo, and that's first and third. First and third has been an absolute black hole. For the last couple of years, they've been like 28th, 29th. When you take a look at the value they get from their first baseman, it's just been abysmal. But with Cody Bellinger, he gives you, uh, he plays first. He's been playing first and they've been having Mike Talkman play center, but third base is still kind of an area that's kind of iffy. Nick Matrickle just came off the IL. He had a quad injury, quad strain. And so he just got back. He was doing really well before he got hurt. But again, the thing that the Cubs lack more than anything is pop. They just don't have a guy that like any, any pitching staff should be like, Ooh, you know, so if, if they just run into bad luck with Babbitt or, 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 the, you know, they're just not, the balls are not dropping in. That's when they run into trouble because they don't have somebody that, you know, when you look at a lineup, you know, like just got done playing the Cardinals and then you go, Oh crap, here's Arenado. Oh geez. Here, here's, you know, Paul Goldschmidt, right? The Cubs don't have that where you're sitting here like, Oh, we got to get through this part of the lineup and, and guys that you circle, don't let this guy beat you. You don't know who's going to beat you from the Cubs on any given day, but that's the problem they have is no pop. And they, they really need that from both third and first. And with Cody Bellinger going off, like he has been, looks like we got a little pop at first, or at least a threat of pop. We would really, really could use some in uh third base. Man. Uh, I know we sit there and talk Crawley and you know, we're in the private chat going back and forth here. The Red Sox have Bobby D. He's got some pop, you know, in AAA. I think, uh, and a lot of Red Sox fans think the same thing, that he just needs a change of scenery. You know, who, who would you be willing to give up for that uh, pop at first and third? Well, that's that's the thing. That's the question. You know, the Cubs minor league system, I think Fangraphs rated it as third the other day. So there, there's a lot of talent in the third baseman. But when you talk about Bobby D going to the Cubs, uh, I just think, I feel like they are looking more for somebody that's a proven commodity. Um, somebody that has done it in the major leagues. And I don't know how much they're going to want to go down the minor league route, to be honest. Okay. Uh, there is another third baseman that has been in, you know, out there for a name. So let's go up to Josh because one of the people, it's one of those things uh, it should happen, but will it happen? Probably not. Nolan Arenado, you know, the uh, Yankees would have to give up like their, their number one uh, outfield prospect, you know, some other guys. Josh, uh, what would somebody like Nolan Arenado mean to be traded? Because, uh, because the Cardinals, they're not there, you know, right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I'm curious to see how that goes because I know everything that their uh, front office has said is they're kind of just reshuffling and kind of getting ready to run it back in 24. But uh, Arenado to the Yankees would be a pretty transformative pickup because their offense has actually not been great. Uh, now, granted, like Judge and Stanton being out for extended periods hasn't helped matters, uh, and they did just score eight runs last night against us. But that would be uh, 
that would be an, an immense pickup for them. And obviously his defense goes without saying, he's probably one of the best defensive third basemen ever. Uh, so that would be something as an, uh, a rival fan that I would not like to see. Um, though, I guess I'm, I'm trying to think of like prospects from them that would like, obviously Jason Dominguez and maybe like Peraza and Cabrera, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I would prefer that not happen. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I'd like to see them clean out their minors, but. Nick, uh, what about you? Uh, you know, what, what, what would you sit there and get, would you think the Marlins have enough to give up to get no, like a name like Nolan Arenado, which is something that would like be fantastic down there in Miami. Oh man. I, I absolutely wish, but I don't think that's happening. Um, I know a lot of teams that are in on Heimer Can- Candelario. Um, I think that is the Marlins focus right now, but we see that like eight teams are in. So we don't know who's going to end up with him. It's just kind of whoever the Cardinals like, or not the Cardinals, the um, Nationals like more. So I I don't know. I think the Marlins will end up with a um, third baseman, some sort of third baseman. I don't know who it might just be some platoon guy. I mean, Gene Segura has been awful over there. He's got, he just hit his third home run of the season this year. He's batting like two Oh nine. He's just been awful. Um, yeah, I think Candelario is probably their number one guy right now. I okay. do know so um, Jordan Hicks was traded today. Yeah. And the Marlins were in on him until the last second. Um, I actually tweeted it out before passing today about the uh, Hicks trade. So kind of uh, cool about that. We were hoping yeah. that we were hoping that all the Cardinals treating all their players today would have helped, but it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> A lot so, of hugs, uh, a lot of crying, right? <laughs> uh, Don, you, you sit there and uh, you said that the Reds need some relief help. They need a starting pitcher. I'm going to battle back and forth between you and Josh up there. Uh, there is a package that was theoretically thrown out there about the Padres. Uh, Blake Snell, Josh Hader, and who was the third guy? Uh, I think it was Seth Lugo. Seth Lugo. Seth Lugo. Yeah. So, Don, you sit there and said earlier you weren't really sure what you would give up prospect-wise, but what would, what do you think it, you know, it would take to get that done, to get those three, which would take care of your bullpen, it would give you a nice starter, and Lugo can bounce back and forth also? They would definitely have to trade somebody that's somewhere in prospect 7 to 15 range, you know, one or two of those guys. I think of a name like Reese Hines an outfielder that's now in double-A, tremendous power, Uh, strikes out a lot. But if he can cut down on that, you know, you got a guy that might be a 35, 40 home run guy in your outfield. Uh, Jose Torres, second baseman shortstop. He's a round prospect, 18 to 20, depending on what list you look at. I think he would have to be somebody that they would have to be willing to give up. Uh, Austin Hendrick, a number one pick a couple years ago. He's now 22, so he's had four seasons. Hasn't really put it together, but still tremendous upside for him. So he might have to be somebody they would have to part with. Uh, another young pitcher that they have, uh, Lion Richardson. He's been hurt, uh, but he's come back this year and has pitched well, uh, particularly at the Double A level. He just got moved up to Triple A, but he had a, a ERA in Triple or Double A of 2.15. So he's garnering a lot of interest. The Reds. Um, have even thought about calling him up, but they would have to give up some somebody in that range to be able to make a trade like that. And then, you know, you probably would see a Nick Senzel go the other way as well. And maybe a, one of the red relievers. I got a question for you. Um, 
I know the Reds have a plethora of infielders. What about like a Nolby Marte or something if you had to to go get a stud? Like a no chance. No chance that they move him. Uh, him or Arroyo. Those two guys, of all the players they got in all the trades last year, those are the two that they were the most excited about. Now, you've seen guys come up. You know, uh, Dela Cruz has been great. You know, McLean's been great. Uh, but Arroyo is going to be the shortstop of the future. You know, it's going to be three years down the road, where, but he's going to be the guy. They're not going to part with him. And That's Marte, what I'm basically asking here. Like, where do you put all these guys? Who plays third? Who plays second? I, I think Marte ends up being the third baseman. Cruz, Dela Cruz goes to short. McLean's your second baseman. Uh, those are going to be the the infielders next year. And then Incarnacion Strand will be your first baseman. Now, interesting, those four guys next year were probably combined to make less than Jonathan Indian will in, in arbitration. So to me, he's the odd man out is going to be Indian. So, yeah, They're going to have to move him. India's the odd man out. What about Spencer Steer? Spencer Steer, I, I think they would be willing to part with him in the right deal. Um, I I saw a bunch of people talking about him to the Mets for Verlander and pro- probably more than Spencer Steer. I don't know. but yeah, I, and His, I know his value is for other teams, and especially the Reds, too, even right now. I mean, the fact that he, he can play a number of positions. He can play third. Yeah. He can play second. He can play first. The two corner outfield spots. Um, so, yeah, if you're a team looking you know, to plug a number of holes, he can fill that for you. Uh, still young, you know, mid twenties, you know, so I, I think that's a guy that would be of interest to a team like the Mets or even the Padres, if they were going to move Blake Snell, uh, for a rental would have to be somebody that the Reds could easily replace. And like you said, a lot of infielders that would make steer expendable, you know, or India. Josh? So both, uh, those guys, that package oh, there would definitely improve the Reds though. If you get, if you get, uh, Blake Snell and you get harder in a deal, or I, even if I you just get Verlander, you're gonna be tough to beat. Point though, that's my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, from an Orioles perspective, I think it would probably be something like, like I think Heston Kierstad would probably have like somewhere. He's a, I think our number six or seven prospect, um, but he's a top 100 prospect. He's Triple uh, A right now. I believe his OPS is over 900. Uh, I think he just hit a home run today, actually. Uh, Joey Ortiz, who's a can play anywhere in the infield and can do it extremely well. Uh, I, I actually wish he was up in the majors right now, but we are another team that has a glut of middle, middle infield prospects, uh, Henderson, Westberg, um, and Connor Norby is another one who is actually another guy is a second baseman in AAA who could be a candidate for a trade. He's another one that's on like the lower end of the top 100. Um, we also have Samuel Basayo, who's a catcher who just broke into the top 100, but uh, I think he's in the middle of a breakout. So I think, um, I think it would behoove them to maybe wait and include him in a trade next year, because um, obviously we kind of catchers kind of occupied right now for the Orioles. So, um, uh, the the thing with the Orioles is as good as our system is, we do not have a lot of pitching prospects, which I'm sure a lot of teams would want in return for players. Uh, like Grayson Rodriguez is the one, but they're obviously not going to trade him. Um, Cade Povich is probably the, our second best p- starting pitching prospect. And he's like, I want to say in, anywhere from like 11 to 13 in our rankings, depending on which service you refer to. So, and, but then like Michael Elias, um, when we got him last year, we got him in the Jorge Lopez deal. Like he singled him out as somebody that they identified as somebody they want. So I don't know if they would be keen to deal him. Um, but they have a ton of, of, of talented hitters that they could, could choose from to make a deal like that happen. And I think there would still be enough prospects uh, inventory left over to not hurt our long-term chances. And obviously you're still keeping like Jackson holiday and uh, Kobe Mayo guys like that. So um, 
yeah, I think you can make that work. Man, you guys, I, I, from the Reds, the Marlins, the Orioles, you guys are all talking about, you guys got plethora of middle infield. George, I think the Red Sox could use some middle infield help there. Uh, you know, we're getting Trevor Story back, which would be great. Uh, but we could use someone else. So who out there, you know, could we sit there and reach for? I know that the Chicago White Sox are selling everything – you know, they're even taking offers on the stadium themselves, uh, you, you know, but uh, could, could we sit there and maybe try to reach out for a Tim Anderson? It's, you know, did, you know, DC and I have been all over that for quite a while. Um, I don't think they're going to move him, though. I mean, you, you'd think that somebody would have grabbed him. Um, and I've heard names like DeJong thrown out there, uh, whatever. I mean, the, the thing is that, they do have a couple people in the system uh, that you know can come up and will play second base at some point. You know, you've got York, you got another kid, uh, Mydroth, who's perfectly capable of playing second base. Uh, you know, you got the kid that they traded, you know, Valdez down in in Worcester. You know, he, he's, he's hitting his defense. They're working on it, uh, but yeah, I mean, I. I yeah, Tim Anderson at, at second base, um, or Tim Anderson at short, and you know, save stories on and see how it works out, and put him at second. Uh, but either way, it'd be a very nice situation to have. And Anderson finally hit his first home run of the season. So, you know, you know uh, nobody knows what happened with Tim Anderson. I mean, there's been a lot of talk. Um, we just saw him. Uh, last couple of days, there's a two game set against the the White Sox that the Cubs played in, and and he just seems miserable there. He seems like the perfect candidate for a tra- uh, change of scenery type situation because, you know, people, you know, he, they've asked him about pot. He's like, you know what, I don't care really, and it just he kind of just doesn't seem happy there. There's been some issues. He's had some personal problems. He's had some problems on the field, and it. It just the way that this White Sox implosion has really kind of shaken things up. And I think they're looking to deal a lot of players. I know Dylan Cease is not on that list, Um, but there there's there's I I think you can ask. And I I don't think that Tim Anderson would be considered in that untradeable category for the White Sox. It just uh, it does. You know, there's been some even I know it sounds kind of crazy, but lip reading. It almost said the other day, like, I don't want to be here. Uh, White Sox fans are chanting, sell the team. They're, they're tired of ownership here. So it's, it's a really bad vibe on the South side of Chicago right now. So I could, I wouldn't be surprised to see if someone wanted to kick the tires on Tim Anderson. He had a rough first half, but his second half numbers look really good. I I don't see the issue being the management for the the White Sox. I mean, they look willing to sell off, you know, everything but the cups and the concession stand, but you know, they're, you know, the question is what do they want in return? He's got one, he's got Anderson has got one more year in his contract after this, if I'm not mistaken, and it's at 13 mil or something along like that. So certainly workable, but um, you know they're going to want a lot. And you know if you're a veteran like he is, and you know there's nothing around you, uh, you know, and he's he's a kind of hungry player. Yeah, he 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 deserves a change of, change of scenery. So and yeah, I know like the I know like the tone of the Rusa in him did not get along he and i wonder how much larusha was responsible for this just in general because i thought they would bounce back just by proxy of not having him around um because like i know i remember when um 
I think it was Yerman Mercedes hit that walk off. It was like a big grand slam and he did a bat flip and uh, LaRusso kind of chastised him for it. And I know Anderson was like, he was stuck up on him, stuck up for him on Instagram and was kind of taking like jabs at LaRusso. So I'm sure that hasn't helped, but um, he's an interesting case because he's, I feel like his, his entire performance is driven by contact. Like he doesn't walk a lot. He doesn't get on base a lot. So I thought he would be a candidate to like when his skills started to erode to, you know, it wouldn't look pretty, but I was not expecting anything like what's gone on with him. Guys, uh, I want to sit there and go around the horn here. Uh, How surprised are you guys of the angels uh, being buyers all of a sudden, like Crawley, let's, I'll I'll start with you. You know, they went and reached out to the white Sox. Do you think that uh, that was good for them to to do or, and what were your thoughts? Uh, Here's the thing is, is now with the way that MLB has changed the playoff format, look at a lot of us area in here that are quote unquote, hoping to believe that we are contenders, right? Everybody saw what the Phillies did last year. They were kind of garbage for most of the season, got on a hot streak and rode that all the way to the world series. And so this is, you know, very similar to the NBA is that, you know, just get in and see what happens at that point. And you have a lot more opportunities to get on, get in. So, you know, I'm not, you know, if, if one of the big things, and we heard, we heard about it in the all-star break is Shohei Otani talking about how it's losing sucks. He wants to play on a playoff team. Well, there's no bigger catch. Everybody here wants Shohei Otani on their team next year. Everybody wants to kind of make a look, take a look like they're going for it. If you're selling, I mean, why would Shohei Otani want to go to a team that's selling? That's, that's not going to happen. So, you know, you, a lot more teams have a lot more opportunities to get into the postseason. I mean, two weeks ago, if you had asked if the Cubs had a chance to get in the playoffs, everyone would say no chance in hell. And now they're right back in this thing. So, uh, there's still what we're, we're about two thirds of the way done with this season. So mm-hmm. there's, there's plenty of opportunity. I know we play the Reds a bunch more. We play Milwaukee some more, uh, the opportunities there to win the division and to, with all these playoff spots, you know, go ahead and make a run at it. You know, I, it's, that's, that's what, that's what they've been trying to do by expanding the amount of playoff spots. Don, uh, what were your thoughts on the Orioles being buyers? The Orioles or the angels? Oh, the angels, the angels, the angels. <laughs> I was surprised. I mean, I know, you know, they, they want to keep Otani because, you know, at least through the end of the season, because of all the, you know, the home dates and the tickets he sells and the merchandise and all those kind of things. But from a baseball perspective, you can't hang on to the guy because you have no guarantee that you're going to, you're going to be able to sign him. So, you know, you're really setting your franchise back, you know, a few years by keeping him if you don't sign him. So to me, I think they should have traded him or, you know, or, or trade him by, by the deadline and try to rebuild, you know, the, the farm system there, get some good prospects back uh, and maybe try to sign him as a free agent in the off season. Uh, but to hang on to him, I think that's, you know, very risky that they're trying to go for it. You know, even if they get in, they're still not, I don't think they're deep enough uh, as a, as a team, you know, all the way around uh, to go far. So to me, I would have been in sell mode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nick. Um, I personally don't agree with the angels buying, but I will never fault a team for going for it. I think, you know, like that's every fan base wants your team to go for it and go for a world series. And I will never fault that. Um, I probably would have traded Otani if I was in that spot though. I mean, you could have gotten, you could have replenished your entire farm system in one trade. That's how easy it was. Just 
one trade. I don't know who you go to. Maybe the the Dodgers, the Orioles, the Rays are all linked to him, kind of. I don't know. Maybe that's one guy you give up Jackson Holiday for. I don't give up Jackson Holiday, but maybe that is a guy you would give up Jackson Holiday for. 100%. Absolutely on that. Mm-hmm. Josh, what about you? So just like as everybody else has alluded to, logically, I don't know if it's the right move, but I'm not surprised just because it's already Moreno and he is uh, very driven by ego, it seems. Um, like he was going to sell the team this winter and then he just kind of pulled the okie doke and was like, nah, never mind. Um, so from that standpoint, I'm not really surprised. And it's like they've been a meme for the past three years. Every time Otani and Trout have a big game, like everybody's posting the um, the Tungsten Armo Doyle memes, making fun of them for losing no matter what Trout and Otani do. So I, I could see Marino being somebody that pay, like either pays attention to that directly or has people that report to him that pays attention to that. And I could see that, you know, tickling his ego and driving him to do some things that may not be best long-term. Um, but I, I, yeah, I guess like it's good for the fans. Um, so I'm, I'm happy for them. It's always like, uh, like Nick said, it's nice to see when teams go for it, but uh, not sure how intelligent it was overall, but yeah uh me personally i i definitely would have you know just like you said josh in one trade you can sit there and replenish your farm system easily you know uh there'd be two or three teams easily that would be willing to give up the house you know for otani even as a rental yeah so and and just just what he did this past week it it just showed that he's inhuman overall like you know yeah so I, like he's not the, sorry the, the, like the chances of him achieving this are not are close to zero but there was somebody po- like posting his stats for the double triple crown like yeah i saw that too that, uh, he that makes the no, triple crown no, at, no but the fact that it's even like a conversation that's just not completely asinine is insane like mm-hmm. it just yeah like he, there's no chance the orioles would ever resign him but it's he might be the best player anybody's ever seen. So Realistically, what do you guys think he signs for next offseason? At least like, six? I, that, I'm that i starting six. I think it could be close to a billion sometimes. He changes a franchise. Ticket sales, merch sales, like your global broadcast. I don't know. You just – you have a whole new, like, fan base as soon as you bring in Otani. He could be worth that six seven eight hundred million dollar contract you know you never know oh yeah I'm thinking i think six. It's, it's similar to like Messi going to miami i mean yeah that was crazy down here man i bro i'm in miami i'm in fort lauderdale right now but yeah working miami it's just crazy what Messi's going through dude dude that, yeah it, I, I know uh, i talked to george and we were talking about otani and everyone like you guys are saying six you know I sit there and said, everybody's like, oh, you know, start off 10 years, 500 million. I personally, I want to get the best value for him where he can pitch and hit. So mm-hmm. I, I, I went and put that at five years. I agree with so that. I, so I was like, yeah. okay, everyone's valuing him at, at 500 million low end. I'll give him five years, $100 million a year. Get exactly what I want out of him 
I can make re- revenue and merchandise. Uh, the Yankees went and did with Matsui. You know, what they had the uh, the big uh, out there in the outfield, uh, the Japanese TV network, you know, yeah. advertising. You're going to sit there and, and you're going to be making at least half the contract back. Give him five years, $100 million a year. Get the best five years, uh, you know, of his career coming up. And if you don't win a World Series in those five years, then it's the rest of your team that's, you know, depleted. Yeah, and that Japanese influence is no joke. Like, the Orioles games just started getting broadcast because we got Shintaro Fujinami. So, like, obviously, Otani is going to be a hundredfold from from that, you know, in terms of economically. Like, I'm sure they – I don't know how MLB teams negotiate, like, you know, uh, overseas broadcast deals. But, yeah, like, it's just the economy of your team just completely transforms overnight when you get them. I uh, I don't think you need to give him a hundred million a year. I think you go five three fifty at sixty something a year. I mean, yeah, I think, I think the last time Rick and I talked about it, I said uh, six at sixty. You know, you know that's three hundred sixty million dollars, sixty million dollars a year. That's far and away above anything that anybody else would be offered. Well, and I, it 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 meets the five to six year window that I think that you're going to have a great two-year play, a two-way player. And, you know, it surprised the heck out of me that they pulled him off the market because if he walks, okay, mm-hmm. Moreno's got egg in his face. He's okay? walking, in my opinion. Yeah, he is. Like, I mean, he's walk. He'd, be, uh, he, he'd be a fool not to. I mean, you know, he's, he's, young, he's young. He wants you know, he wants to get paid at least once. You know? Yeah, when so I'm looking at it from a team, though, too, like what they would have to pay him, you know, you look at what Scherzer and Verlander and those guys all making what 38, 40, 45, 46 million dollars a year. So the best pitchers are going to make around that 40 million mark. Best hitters are going to make 35, 40 something million dollars a year. So as a team, I don't have a problem giving him 80, 90 million dollars a year because he's worth that. So, so uh, I, I have no I problem with that rate. What the Mets are doing right now, unloading Scherzer, and I guarantee they unload Verlander. I wouldn't be surprised if. Cohen goes out and says, give me Otani, here's a blank check, $100 million a year, $200 million a year. He goes, I don't care what you want. You're coming to New York. I I can see it. Yeah, because that's that's another thing. Like, what teams would be in a position to give him that money? Because the the Angels would be, but obviously they're not, you know, they're not going to. I Um, think Dodgers. Dodgers, Mets, Giants, because the Giants were all in on Judge and Correa. They they have the money. They're obviously willing to spend it. I don't know if they've got a billion dollars, but I don't I don't know what we're actually talking here. I think the Giants could be a surprise team there too. Yeah. Do, do you sit there and see that now don't laugh when I say this, but if you're the the A's going to Vegas, Otani could sell you tickets instantly out there. Oh, he yeah. could. I just I don't that know would re- what goes I on. I feel like there. that Yeah, I feel like that would require like John Fisher knowing what he's doing, having any sort of baseball savvy. Uh, also, that team is not good with Otani. It's just a waste of money in my no. opinion. You saw you saw what Otani did in the World Baseball Classic. And and for a lot of people, you know what I mean? There are a lot of when, when Shohei comes to town, of course we're gonna watch it, but I don't know how many people are up watching West Coast baseball all the time. And I think that he wants to be on a winner. He's 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 indicated as much. You know, when you're talking about if you're going to get 450 million or 550 million, I mean, 
how you know how many how many more yachts are you know is it worth really? I think more than anything, this guy wants to be on the biggest stage. He wants to be in a postseason. So if you're telling me you're going to go to Oakland, you're going to suck for the next five years, and you're going to get a lot of money, he's still going to he's going to get a lot of money wherever he goes. Which team is going to give him the best chance of winning? That's what's going to make the decision. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, yeah, I realistically, yeah, there's mm-hmm. two teams, and that's it. It's the Mets and the Dodgers that they could get in a bidding war, and they wouldn't care. They're going to get the there's- player they want. There's a question in the chat. Uh, I want to sit there and, and ask all you guys. We'll start with you, George. If the Angels trade Otani, do they then also look to trade Mike Trout? If I was Trout, I'd be looking for a trade because, you know, it, it's basically wave the white flag. And I think Trout may look at it and look look at Moreno and go, yeah, let's go. Have a nice day. I am out of here. And I could see him coming to the East Coast, you know, and I could see, you know, a team like the Phillies mm-hmm. playing very hard to get him. Can you see, can you see him, he and Bryce Harper in the same lineup? And the ghost of yeah. Trey Turner? I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. I just don't think Trout is has as much value as he did back in the day. No, well, and is, is he a 10-5 guy? So he would have – I mean, he's still an amazing power. player. Yeah, oh, great player, not what he was he has before. He a trade, no trade clause with his extension. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. No, he's, he's, he's not the Trout of five years ago, but he's still a quality still player. It's yeah, still very and good. I, I, and you're yeah. right, you're East Coast Phillies. Yeah. So, uh, Crawley, well, what about you? Do you think that they would trade uh, Trout if they're, if they're going in full sell as they do Otani? I think that would be it, boy. That it'd be a hard sell. I mean, the temptation would be there, but you know, for the fan base, that would be something that'd be kind of difficult. And and I'd, I, you know, you would the question would be, would Trout want to leave? I mean, uh, someone mentioned the ten and five rights that he has. Don't know. Maybe to get to a winner, but you never know with these guys. But hey, if you're gonna go all in, go all in. I don't know. You know, I think that the that Artie and, and those guys over in Anaheim, they've, they've done a lot of moves. They've had a lot of signings over the years. It's bizarre how bad it doesn't work out. I can't explain why it doesn't work out. It just doesn't. So, you know, like I said, I could just tell you from my perspective here in Chicago, you know, we have, have been rebuilding the last couple of years. Uh, it, it's not a fun thing to go through. So, you know, maybe if the angels want to go all in, this is the time to do it and get a, I mean, get a King's ransom for what they can for those two players. Yeah, Don, what about you? I think if I were the Angels, I would only do it if he came to them and said, I want to move, you know, and and I wouldn't initiate it on my own end. You know, I'd make sure it came from him. I think that would be a better sell for the fans if they, you know, said, look, we accommodated his request and worked it that way from the, you know, the PR standpoint. I think you'd have to do that. But I wouldn't start entertaining offers and then go to him and say, you know, do you want to go? I think that would end up you know, not great in your relationship with him, not great with the fans. So I think that uh, it would come down to really what he would want to do. Let him call uh, a shot. I think, Josh, you might be the only one besides Nick. Do you guys remember a team without Mike Trout on the Angels, uh, you know, a time? Yeah. 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 Uh, Like the the Kendry Morales Angels with like the early, like actually like 2010. uh, And then like the mid- I was like the early to mid two thousands Angels teams that had like uh like Erstad, Gloss, uh Adam Kennedy, Garrett Anderson, all those guys. 
Um, and well, Plaid, Bartolo Colon. Uh, so yeah, I, I very yeah. vaguely, but yeah, yeah, I remember I the saw, Dave Chalk Angels. Yeah, I somewhat remember that World Series team in 2002. Not really. I think 2003 was like the first season I remember baseball. Yeah, same. Um, but I kind of remember that 2002 team. Very little. Young John Lackey on that team. John yeah. Lackey was <laughs> Troy Percival, yeah. Jared Washburn. Yeah. We're going to start immaculate gritting ourselves soon. Oh, that's my <laughs> – oh, I could play that all day. Uh, so Scott let's, Shields. Let's, let's switch from the Angels and let's go to the Rangers. Those guys are buying starting pitching like there's no tomorrow. They, yesterday they went and got Scherzer. Uh, less than an hour and a half ago, they just went and got Montgomery. Uh, let's start with you, Don. What? Uh, how does it feel to have one less starting pitcher that you have to worry about in that division? Feels really good. Uh, you know, I thought Montgomery could potentially get traded within the division, so I was glad to see him go to uh, an American League team. You know, so and same thing with Scherzer. You know, I was glad to get him out of the National League. So I thought, uh, you know, from the Reds' perspective, that was really good. You know, really impressed with what the Rangers are doing. You know, they're all in, going for it. Um, so for their fan base, you got to be excited. Let's go to the other NL Central, Crawley. Can you hear us? No, it's coming in choppy. Give me a second here. I don't know what's going on. You sound good. Okay, with the Rangers, yeah, I mean, you know, they're they're going for it, man. They're full steam ahead. You're just watching what they're doing, and then they're checking in on everybody. Again, whoever they can, you know, I feel that they just really have a underrated team, and when you're that close to having a championship team, that's what you do. You push your chips in, and so I like the moves that they're making, and I think that they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the AL. Man, uh, how crazy it is where we went and uh, look at their at the starting pitching staff, what they could. If DeGrom was healthy, DeGrom, Scherzer, Avaldi, Montgomery, who the heck wants to face them in the playoffs? Like, crazy. Not me. You know? Uh, Nick, uh, what were your thoughts uh, as soon as they found out Nathan Avaldi went down, that they went – right out and uh and got jordan montgomery well i guess like as uh if you're a fan of the rangers it's unreal like they're all in they're ready they spent this off and they spent last off season like it's clearly a team that wants to win they went out and got bruce bochi like i wouldn't be surprised if that team ends up winning the al like i really don't um right now i still believe the orioles are the best team um I still think their offense is too talented. And I know Jonah Heim just went down for the um, uh, Rangers. So that's a big blow, unfortunately, for them. Um, we'll see what they do. I think they're not done. So we'll see at the end of this deadline. But I, I'm very excited for the fans that they're all in. Okay. Josh, how about you? Uh, yeah. Uh, so the first uh, emotion was concern, just as another – uh, American League fan, and also uh, being that Jordan Montgomery was a guy that I really wanted the Orioles to get. I thought he was an ideal pickup for us because uh, we really don't have a good left-handed uh, starting pitcher right now. So so that was a tough one. Um, but the thing that I think that scares me the most about them is that they also have like some they have some decent prospects that still haven't even made it yet. 
um, like Evan Carter, uh, Jack Leiter. And then like some of their, they have like young, who's a rookie. Ezekiel Duran is young. Uh, so I think they have a lot of ingredients in place for a sustained run, um, like a, you know, a three to five year window here while Semyon and Seeker are still in their prime. So uh, they definitely concern. I would, I'm most concerned about them than any other team in the, in the AL, I would say. Yeah. I, I mean, I still think the Astros are going to win that division, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's hard because they obviously have all this equity of, yeah, from the last, you know, several years. So it's hard to count them out. And I saw Alvarez is back. So that's not good for anybody else. So. You, you can't fault their aggressiveness, though. I mean, you know, they starting the season, you, know, you looked at them, they had, they had DeGrom. And, you know, you said, okay, that, that, that's a great pickup if he can stay healthy. He didn't. Evaldi stepped up, you know, got them to where they are. And then, you know, they, they go out and they sign uh, Scherzer. And you go, great, Scherzer, Evaldi, great one, two. And then, then Evaldi goes down, didn't even skip a beat. He's on, you know, they're on the, the front office is on the phone. Jordan Montgomery, welcome to Texas. Okay. Um, I mean, this is the, they think that this is their season. And they th- I think that they think that, I think they think Houston is weak enough that they can get, they can win the division and that they're going to move forward. Uh, I applaud the front office. I mean, you know, if you'd said at the beginning of the season or even at the end of last season, who do you fear the most next year? Texas Rangers? Probably not. But, you know, now with that front, with the front end of that rotation, at least you got, you got a couple of guys that can, you know, at least in the playoffs, give you some decent starts at one and two. Um, and they have the old what, Chapman back, which is also a little bit scary. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, I hope he fails miserably. I think he's a terrible person, but um, yeah, he seems I, to have regained his, his old form, his, like, his velos back. So, And then that was another like proactive move. To, yeah, know, I mean, they're not, afraid, they're not afraid of it. And they, they, like I said, they, they view this as their year – uh, you know, like, you know, nobody expected us to be here. And you know what? We're going to show you what we've got. Plus, they have a loaded farm system, okay? And, they, and, and they've and they been off, offloading it. You know, I, I'd like to see what it looks like at the end of the year after they've made some of these deals and say, okay, where are they? But they're, they're taking they're putting their chips on the table and saying, you know what? We're going for it. And if you're, if you're a fan of, fan of the Texas Rangers, you got to be happy as a clam. Would anyone be surprised if Verlander ended up with the Rangers? Nope. No. I wouldn't be surprised if he went back to Houston either. I think he's going to end up in Houston, realistically. Um, no. I, I would like to hear what the Red Sox, what you guys want the Red Sox to do, because, like, we haven't talked about that yet. Uh, the, the, me, personally, uh, I would love to sit there and bring a starting pitcher in. I agree. Uh, you know, a, a back-end guy uh, – my good friend Cody uh, Duncan, he covers the Pirates. Uh, him and I were talking. I would, I would love to try to get Mitch Keller mm-hmm. from them, but I'm not sure what I'd be willing to give up for him, because for the, uh, for the amount of control that we would have, uh, it, it would have to be somebody that I wouldn't be very comfortable giving up. Uh, we definitely need somebody in the middle infield. Like that's one of our weak points. Uh, our outfield's getting a little, a little crowded in my opinion. Uh, I think, yeah. 
I agree with. I think Duvall is gone. Um, ooh, get that dog. Yeah, I think Duvall is gone in the next few days. I there's been a lot of Paxton talk if he's going to be traded. I don't think he'll be traded. Man, I I, I was in the ITM live uh, on Instagram yesterday, and I was talking with Joey and Steve, and I was like, dude, I uh, we all agreed. We think that Paxton is the smartest man in the world to look skeptical in, in these last two starts just so he doesn't get traded, just so he can stay in Boston. Like, he's a genius, you know. Uh, Nick, I, I know you're a Red Sox fan. You know, what do you yeah. think about his last two starts? I think yesterday he looked bad, but he got through it. And I think that's what kind of pitcher he is. He's a great, like, free guy, like. He's going to get through it on his bad days. He's never going to give up 10 runs, eight runs, you know, like he'll always be in it four or five runs on a bad day. He'll be dominant on a great day. I would love to have him from a contending team, but I just, I wouldn't give him up if I was the Red Sox. I really wouldn't. I would be perfectly fine with trading Duvall. I think, I think the outfield is just crowded. You got to give Duran everyday shot. He's too good not to, um, I don't see them. I, I, I don't see them trading Paxton. Um, yeah. The only reason I would be okay with giving up Paxton would be for Keller. If you gave up Paxton and then used some of the prospects you got back for Paxton to make the Keller trade better, and then you wouldn't have to give up your top guys. You wouldn't have to get up Roman Anthony. You wouldn't have to give up Blyce. Maybe you get a guy back in the Paxton trade you can give up that you don't like as much. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. The Paxton's value has never been higher. Okay. Yes, that's, that's exactly and, what I'm saying. That's the only reason I would entertain it because I don't and, know. And, and, I, and as much as it's tempting to go raid somebody's farm system, right, or go out and get a young player, um, right now I don't think the fan base would stand for it. You know, I, I think they view it as, uh, you know, waving a white flag. Uh, as far as getting a, a pitcher, I floated it uh, this morning in my column. I thought that they were going to try to make a play for Montgomery. Well, that's off the table. I think Rich Hill's coming back. Um, I, I see that, but I, I see that in a different way than most people would. You know, they're, you know, if you look at it and you say, well, sales probably two and a half weeks away and they're going to, and he's going to try to hurry himself back uh, sometime in late August or uh, mid to late August, how can Whitlock should be back? You could probably plug in Rich Hill and you take one of the bullpen games away, okay? And, you know, you deal without the opening. If Rich Hill gives you four to five innings, okay, and you can mix and match, you know, Winkowski, uh, you know, or, or something like that, he buys you time. He's played here a couple of times. Uh, you know, he's from the area. Um, he loved to come, he'd love to come back. I'm sure he would. Uh, you know, the, you know he, he, he'll surprise you. He's not, listen. He's not a front end of the rotation guy, but he's a veteran. He knows what to do. He's he's been around. I I, I think that, like I said, I would not be surprised if, if Bloom brings him back on a number for a number of reasons. Stop gap until the the young studs come back, and then you know, uh, a guy who know, who can, will pitch out of the bullpen and know his role. So, so I think we're gonna I think we're gonna have the same conversation in ten years, and somehow Rich Hill is still going to be brought up going to the Red Sox. Do <laughs> you think? Um, if they get Rich Hill, they trade Paxton. Like, if if you do that no. trade, it's a downgrade. In my, if you can't. If this Red Sox team somehow slips into the playoffs, you can't go into a playoffs, a three game playoff series with Bayo, bullpen game, bullpen game. 
It just, no. It's not possible. You can't do it. It would be embarrassing. I mean, that's I think it's been amazing, but you can't do it. Yeah, Nick, that's that's why they keep Paxson. Yeah. And again, I have no I have no illusions on on Hill uh, for what he is. Okay. Uh, I think right he's now, a great, like five guy. That yeah. needs to get down. No, yeah, he's a five guy, and until you get Hulk and Whitlock and Sale back in the fold, he can he can hold the ground until that comes back. And again, Hulk and Whitlock, I feel more comfortable about than I do Sale. Which Sale am I going to get, and for how long? And that's been the biggest question, you know, in Boston is that, you know, when, you know, Sale will hurry himself back, but, you know, what are you going to get? And is he, you know, you know, is he one ferocious outing away from putting himself back on the IL? So. There's actually a name that I would love to throw out there for a starting pitcher that I would trade Paxton for. Uh, and Don, you were really familiar with him. Because he played for you guys, and then he got traded to Seattle. Uh, was it Castillo? Castillo, yes. Mm. I wouldn't they, mind. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but the Mariners extended him to like an eight-year deal last year after the trade. So I doubt that they did. Table. Okay. And they gave up a uh, lot to get him. They gave him a lot. They gave him Novi Marte. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I just I don't think that's anywhere near the table right now. I think the Mariners think they're going to compete next year. I think the Blue Jays are on their way down. The mm -hmm. Red Sox are on their way up. So I think those two will – this is like the, one of the last years Blue Jays are going to compete, in my opinion. So well, I think well, yeah, because the Blue Jays, if you, if you look at their roster, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to sign everybody. Yes. So, so, no. so they're going to start trading pieces away, uh, you know, very soon. But yeah, uh, like uh, Vlad still hasn't gotten his money either. Yeah, Vlad hasn't got yet. Yeah, yeah, Bichette. You know, there's there's a whole bunch of people over there that are going to want to get paid that they're not going to have enough money for unless they go full Padre Met mode and you know you get a hundred million, you get a hundred million. <laughs> you know, which they did kind of do. Well, they didn't extend them, but like in 2015 when they got like too low price, uh, they pretty much sold out. But yeah, I don't. That's a team that has more money than you think. Like that's the whole, their whole fan base is Canada. Like you have the mm -hmm. entire country. Like you have a lot more money than that team. You would think. Right, but yeah, but no, there's only they, they, you know hockey baseball is not what it is. Uh, you know here, you know what I mean. For them, that's yeah. kind of like a background sport compared to hockey. So I don't think the fan base is as passionate in in Canada than it is in the United States. Fair. So. uh George, uh, Nick, what would you guys think? Okay, who would be your trade pieces for the Red Sox to get you a, a nice starting pitcher? Because we're up the middle, we're getting uh, we have a problem, but we our corner infield is pretty set from years to come with Devers um, and, and Casas. So I, the guys I would look to give up, I think Yorkie. York is a bust, Loki. Like I, I don't think he's going to be a great major league baseball player. Um, and even Blyce, I know Blyce is like very high up there and ranked high. He's hurt right now. He's really young. I wouldn't be against moving on from him if the right. I, I would give up Blyce in a, a Keller trade easily. I just I don't know if that well, will come or happen. Would you sit there and give up a Blaze Jordan? Yeah, Blaze Jordan yeah. is someone who would give up. I don't know 
who would it be for? Because, I mean, like, I thought, like, Montgomery for Blaze Jordan could have happened. Uh, didn't happen. So, I don't know who's on that tier of, like, starting pitcher that you can give a fuck to Blaze Jordan for. George, what about uh, you? I, yeah, York, yeah. As much as I don't – I wouldn't want to because I, I still see him as probably the second baseman of the future uh, and working well with Meyer. Um, Blaze Jordan would definitely be somebody – that would would go. Um, I, I agree with you on Blaise. Uh, Chase Mydroth, kid who's come up in a surprise in Portland, uh, can hit, uh, got some versatility, can uh, can play a pretty decent third base. Also, uh, will play uh, second base for you as well. So, I, um, personally, think so. You said about York. I think Trevor Story is the second baseman of the future. He's still got four years left in this deal. Like I, he's the. I think you'll have a story in Meyer uh, middle infield for the next three or four years after uh, 2014 or 2024. That's why it's expendable. They're York. Yeah. Do you, do you, what are your guys' opinion? Uh, You know, we got Yoshida, Duran, uh, Verdugo. Then we also have Sedane Raffaella. What are your thoughts on, for say a Mitch Keller, trading for uh, trading Rafaela for you know in the package deal? Me personally, I'm cool with anybody that's not named uh, Meyer. I mean, not non non major league players, obviously. Like in the minor leagues, yeah. I'm cool with Blythe. I'm cool with. I know Roman Anthony's been shooting up the board, but uh, maybe I would. I don't know. I, I think I anybody not named. Uh, Marcelo Meyer is on the block for a guy like Mitch Keller, who has, in my opinion, could be a two starter, like an ace. I, I think he could be like a three, two, three, three guy uh, for many years. Yeah, I, 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 do that but for Keller. Sure. Um, they've got movable parts in center field that they can, can play with. If Durant's, if Durant's a center fielder, then, you know, absolutely. Rafael will get you, probably get you that deal done. Uh, okay, there we there's another starting pitcher out there who has a possibility of a reunion for two of us, Baltimore and the Red Sox. So, Josh, what are your thoughts on Eduardo yeah. Rodriguez? That's a, yeah. That's, it's a hell of a contract that you have to take on. Detroit might have to take some of that, but uh, you you'll be getting a brand new one. Yeah, well, money should not be an inhibitor for the Orioles because they have the 29th lowest payroll in baseball right now. So if they were to pass on Eduardo because of that, I would be a little a little miffed. But, um, yeah, that would be a, a nice homecoming. He was a, a top prospect for the Orioles before he was traded for Andrew Miller in 2014, um, which is – I would still do that over over again. Uh, but to see him blossom into a account to start has been good and uh, – or good to see. So, um, and now that Montgomery's gone, I think he would probably be my top target for the Orioles to get. Um, and then, yeah, he'd probably be another guy we were looking at giving up somebody in the, in the range of like Norby, uh, Kierstad possibly, uh, guys like that. So, um, I would be okay with it. I know there's a, a hesitance from certain Orioles fans not to, to trade these prospects away, but you know, at some point you got to, you got to give some of them away to get good in other areas. And like all of our middle infield prospects, there's just, there's simply not room for them even. And that's assuming that they all pan out. 
which they're likely not. So, you know, you got to at some point do something like this. And with us being in first place, I, I just you got to do as much as you can during this deadline. I, I know like. um, one of you said something about no one predicted Orioles to be this good. I did pick them to win in the division and I did pick them to lose in the World Series. If you go, I don't know. I tweeted out, I think in like February, I think it was going to be Orioles Padres. I know the Padres looks awful right now, but yeah, I, I was always high on this Orioles team. I think this is the the, the year they got to go all in. Like, I think they got to go all in, go get a controllable starter. I think Mitch Keller is the guy like go get him. I don't care. Yeah. I, this is the team. This is that elite. That offense is going to be elite. I compare this 2023 Orioles, 2024 Orioles, 2025 Orioles to the, 2017 2016 2018 uh astros like i think they're gonna be that good yeah and that's um we got a lot of their guys from their front office so that was definitely the plan was to replicate what they're doing and the fact they're doing it to a t um so hopefully the major league results come first but uh yeah it kind of reminds me that i think it was 2015 was the first year they made the playoffs they made the playoffs uh, they, the yankees right in the wild card game and then they didn't make it in 16 oh. yeah they blew a they were up 2-1 in the series against KC and then blew that series. And then KC mm -hmm. went on to win the World Series that year, which uh, I was not a particular fan of. Um, but, yeah, like, it's just uh, – I'm very concerned about ownership's commitment in terms of resources. That's the only thing that's going to hold them back, I feel like. Um, and, like, not even so much as extending guys like Henderson and Adley because you got them for the next five years, so that's not a, a short-term problem. But – are they going to let Mike Elias make trades that add significant payroll or are they going to, you know, allow him to go into the free agent market? Because I think like last off season, they, I think dropped the ball a bit. I think coming out of it with Kyle Gibson as your biggest acquisition as a starter was um, no. not great. And, you know, he's been fine, but it's just, I kind of wish they would have had a little bigger aspirations in the off season, but, um, yeah, like they have the prospect capital to make any deal they want happen and they have financial flexibility to, to make it work. So there's really no excuse for them not to make at least one significant deal. Um, I don't think, and I, like not Verlander by any means, but Eduardo Rodriguez or, or someone of that ilk. I don't, I, I don't see the Red Sox bringing back Rodriguez at all. Um, you know, he was here. They had an opportunity to sign him again. Um, when he's on, he, he he's pretty good. But there's a, to me, it's always his problem has been in his head. And when he is not focused or not doing well, it, it it's, he pitches like he's not there. And uh, that would be my one my one caution about bringing him back. Um, they were they they let him go, and uh, you know he took you know. He took some decent money from the Tigers. Good for him. I'm happy for him, you know. So, but I, I'm not so keen on a reunion with him. Don, uh, what would Rodriguez mean for the Reds? Uh, would it bolster up? You think their uh, starting pitching rotation? I mean, it would bolster it up, but again, it comes, you know, down to me what you'd have to give up to get him. I'm not giving up one of the crown jewels in the farm system for him. You know, if you could move a. You know, Nixon Zell and a, and a mid-level prospect form. Yeah, you know, I would definitely do something like that. But I'm not giving up, you know, any of the the top top ten, top twelve prospects form in any deal. I would Probably, also. What about you? Curious, oh, sorry. Go ahead. 
You know, it's, it's hard. You know, we all fall in love with these prospects and the possibility of what may happen, you know, for the Cubs, They've signed Ian Happ and Shohei Otani for another four years. Ian Happ is three years. You have uh, Swanson for six, and then they extended uh, Nico Horner for three. So you got those positions kind of locked up. And so the question is, is the Cubs have a lot of outfield prospects that um, are kind of blocked right now, so so it looks like. So we have um, some good pitching prospects. Uh, our Iowa, I just went to Iowa to check out AAA the other day, and they just got a phenomenal group of kids down there. So, I mean, if you're talking about, a, you know, we really don't have a lot of need for, I mean, our main goal is to get a first or a third baseman and some pitching help. So there are some guys that are off limits. Obviously, PCA is a name that uh, everybody kind of is interested in, and he's the Cubs' top prospect. So don't want to lose him. There's some good pitchers that we have, like uh, Ben Brown, I wouldn't give him up, but there's other guys like Jordan Wicks, who was a first round pick. He might be someone I'd be willing to part with Jackson Ferris. They drafted last year from IMF in Florida. Um, you know, he's a young guy. He may be someone that teams are really interested in. And then James Triantos is another name, but again, you know, is this, are we talking for one year rentals or, or half a season rental? Or are we talking that they have a couple of years of control? That's going to affect what I'm going to be giving up there. Exactly. Well, what about you, Nick, uh, for, for the Marlins? Me with the Marlins, so I grew up in South Florida. I, you know, my I grew up a Marlins fan until uh, my dad was a massive Red Sox fan his whole whole life. So I grew up in South Florida. I grew up a Marlins fan, and my dad. I remember when he said in two thousand three, "You saw a World Series before I did." Um, and right now, that was the last time we were competitive. Uh, so I, I want to go all in. I'm cool with trading anyone not named Yuri Perez. Um, I'm ready to go get – if Nolan Arenado is on the table, I would love that. It's not on the table. It's not. Just saying that right now, Nolan Arenado is not going to be a Marlin. If Juan Soto was on the table, I would be all in on anybody not named Yuri Perez. I'd trade 10 guys for him. I don't care. I want to win this year because I don't think this team is going to win anytime soon after this. Nick, so, you're not getting any sympathy points for me because I was at Wrigley Field for game six and seven in 2003. Yeah. So. <laughs> There, 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 there's no, and, and I don't know if everyone remembers, but it looked, it, it was looking like it was going to be a Cubs versus Red Sox world series in 2003. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then both the Red Sox and the uh, Cubs choke it. And you ended it. up yep. with uh, Yankees and Marlins. So that, that would have been something to see in the white Sox or the Red Sox and the Cubs in the world series. No three, but it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That yeah. would have been crazy with the two teams with the longest droughts in the world series that year, but yeah. it didn't happen. Yeah, I was. Well, uh, I really wanted them to make it. I love Mark Pryor. I was a huge Mark <laughs> Pryor fan. Yeah. Well, we got another guy coming in. He was. He's a little late, but better late than never. Uh, AJ, who was with the, uh, talks about the Brewers. What's going on, AJ? How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Not bad. Good. Sorry, so, a little uh, late, but better late than never, like you said. Yeah. So, uh, well, what's been going on over there with the Brewers at all uh, during this? You know, we've got the Cubs cover, we got the Reds, we got, now we have the Brewers. So what's been going on over there with the Brewers? Well, uh, they made a trade the other day, of course. Uh, they upgraded first base, which has been really poor for them all year. Um, and they got when they got Carlos Santana. So they got a plus defender and, a, and a, a bat that's significantly better than what they have. Not a great bat. I mean, you got a guy hitting 250 and he had 12 home runs when they picked him up, but he's been hot as of late. In fact, he actually hit one today. Um, 
So a huge upgrade from them there, especially defensively. And when you talk to Matt Arnold, or when they asked him about it, that he talked more about the defensive upgrade than he did the offensive side of the ball. So that was a big deal for them. Um, middle infield has been poor. Um, Bryce Trang, they're one of their top prospects, um, has not panned out offensively. Uh, defensively, he's been real good, but offensively, he's not been. And then Willie Adamas is back to the old Willie Adamas of of years ago where you're going to get a home run maybe, but that's about it. You're not going to get much for contact. He's just been poor. So they've been looking for middle infield help, but there haven't been a lot of names coming up. Um, I don't know what the Brewers are willing to sacrifice. They do have some pretty good names down in the farm, but um, yeah, it's, it's kind of middle infield and first base were their main needs. Um, that they were looking for. Um, they addressed one of them. I don't know what we're going to see with the middle because I haven't heard much and I haven't seen much. I got to ask AJ, what, what are your, what are your, what, are, what is the temperature with, with all the rumors that Craig council might be going to New York next year? Well, so his contract has not be renewed, been renewed, which is, I think we talked about it last time I was on. What are you doing? You got a guy that's taking a minimum payroll and he's extremely competitive next every year. So I don't know what next year is going to bring. Council, for anybody that knows him, grew up in the Brewer Stadium, literally. Um, he was a bad boy. Um, he lives in Whitefish Bay, which is a suburb of Milwaukee. Um, I mean, he's a Milwaukee guy. That's why they've been able to keep him, but now – once you say that, if New York does come calling, does everybody have a price? That I can't answer. I do got a question. So I haven't heard about this council in New York. Which New York team are you asking about? The Yankees or the Mets? Because I think they could both move on from their manager next year. I haven't heard anything about the New York thing. In fact, this is the first I've heard of it. But I do know, like I said, they haven't extended him and his contract's yes. up. So I the, guess the, anything could happen. The rumors, the, the rumors that I've been hearing has been to the Mets. Yeah, I think I think, think so Buck has run his course out there, and I think it, oh, it, he's got to go. He's got to go. I, and... I did see you celebrate for a little bit. The three <laughs> nothing. Yep. Oh, I just saw O'Hearn's uh, O'Hearn's yeah. double. Um, yeah, I'm, so not, actually, I'm just I'm, telling you, as someone in the NL Central, I'd be happy to see Craig Council go. Yeah, I, I can't blame you. I mean. From an analytics standpoint, he's probably one of the best in the, in the majors, getting everything he can out of a team. I mean, he really is good at it. If you look at the teams he's taken to the playoffs, they're good, but they're not dominant. They're not a, a Dodgers team like we're seeing this year. You know, they're not a team that's got everything. They might have great pitching, and then they're hitting suspect. I mean, so – He's, he's a guy that can really motivate his players. He's a player's manager, too. So the players really connect with him. So wherever he's going to be, he'll be successful. I'd like him to stay in Milwaukee, but the problem is our owner doesn't want to spend any more money. And, and not only that, I'm hearing that uh, David Stearns might be going as well, so you may lose your GM and your manager to well, New York. Yeah, David Stearns, he's kind of been on the back burner for a while, and there's been a lot of rumors of him going. Um Obviously, he took a, a different role in the last year, um, and Matt Arnold's taken most of the reins. So I don't know what you're going to see. I haven't even heard much about Stearns 
lately as far as in the organization. They haven't talked about him. Um, kind of one of those Doug Melvin type things where you go into an advisory role and, and you're kind of sitting behind, not in the limelight like he was. So I'm not quite sure what you're going to see out of that as well. So I have two questions. I'm Josh. Nice to meet you. Hi. <laughs> uh, First one, uh, you mentioned Bryce Strang earlier. I wanted to ask you about two other outfield prospects that the Brewers have, Joey Weimer and Sal Freelich, um, who I've gotten to know through fantasy baseball. Weimer is another guy who, uh, low average, but a defensive master. Uh, and then Freelich has just come up recently and tore the world on fire. So just your general thoughts on them. And then uh, second, Corbin Burns. Um, obviously, I don't think he's going anywhere this deadline, but it seemed like the relationship with the Brewers was frayed a little bit with the arbitration hearing. So I was kind of wondering, um, do you think that's that relationship's damaged beyond repair? Do you think they move him in the off season or what his long-term outlook with the Brewers is? So first part of the question with uh, Weimer and Freilich. So Weimer, um, he's kind of underwhelmed from the plate. Um, but you, like you said, in the outfield, he's fantastic defensively. Um, haven't heard anything on him as far as, you know, the Brewers have the prospects and they're actually kind of log jammed in the outfield a little bit. So I was thinking that maybe he'd be one that they would move. Um, but I haven't heard anything. But yeah, in the outfield, he's been fantastic. Um, and they really like him in center. Um, very fast, great with the gloves. So really good. As far as Freilich, um, he's come up and he's everything is advertised. Average, um, he's hit a home run. Uh, he had two um, defensive gems a couple nights ago in one game. So he's everything that has been advertised. So um, those two, I think they're going to they're gonna stick with, and I think they're kind of the future of the Brewers um, in that outfield, which, like I said, is kind of a log jam because um, they got Jackson Churio, the number two prospect in baseball, tearing up double A right now. I'm sure you'll see him next year. So the outfield's pretty – pretty set. Um, as far as Burns, um, that relationship is toast. Um, he's a free agent at the end of the year. He is going to get paid. He's going to get paid very well. Um, and, and unfortunately, um, that's a deal once again, where our, our uh, owner doesn't want to spend money. Um, it was three quarters of a million. And for a guy like that in arbitration, you're probably most teams would pay him. I think the Brewers were at a point where they were like, well, we're not going to get him after this year, no matter what. So we're going to save the money, which I think sends a bad message to your clubhouse. It sends a bad message to free agents coming in. It just was a poor move yeah, all over, all the way around. So he's going to be somewhere else. I'm sure it's going to be a New York or a California market. Um, and he's going to, yeah, he'll, he'll be really, really well compensated. Yeah. So uh, I I know, AJ, you're coming in here at the, at the tail end, uh, but I want to go, go around the horn here and name one trade that you've either heard rumors about or you would like to see done to fill a hole on your team before the trade deadline. So, George, we're going to start with you. Name one trade you, you would like to see the fill a hole by August 1st deadline. Um, I, if Mr. Cohen down in New York is willing to throw his money around, please send Justin Verlander 
up in a state 95 and have him come into Boston. Um, I know that doesn't fall within Himes thing, but you know, he's willing to throw his money around. So, you know, go for it. Uh, you know, are you willing to give up, you know, maybe Nick York and, uh, you know, one of the promising young pitchers to do that deal, you know, that's it. But if he's going to ship money, you know, money for the Federal Reserve Office in Boston, too. Hey, I, I personally would, if we would get Verlander, Bayo, Paxton, any shape of sale, I want, I want to stay on the bullpen right now. Honestly, rest of the season, yeah. I want to stay on the bullpen, you know. Uh, I would sit there and say that we would easily uh, contend. Yes. You know, with with our lineup we have right now, that that rotation would be something that you know, especially over Verlander's uh, last what three or four starts have been amazing. Yep. So, George, yeah. I I, w- I will love that. You know, Josh over there in Baltimore. What what's the trade? So ideally for me, getting a starter and a, and a bullpen guy in the same deal. Um, so either my two, I think that would be the most realistic, would be getting Eduardo Rodriguez and Alex Lang from Detroit or one of Kirby and Gilbert from Seattle and then one of Sawald, Brash, and Munoz. I know that that, that one's probably going to be the, the least realistic, but I – I don't know, like the Mariners are in a weird spot right now. So I think, I don't know, it wouldn't hurt them to sell a little bit. But um, yeah, ideally a starter and a bullpen arm in, in the same deal. Who, who, okay, who do you guys think is in a weirder uh, point right now? The Mariners or the Padres? Padres. Padres. Yeah. They have more Don. pressure on them to do well. I, I'm going to say something. I think if the Padres decided to completely sell, they can replenish their farm system instantly to exactly where they were. If they decided to trade Hassan Kim, Juan Soto, and Josh Hader, and um, Blake Snell, you can't tell me they can't get 10 to 15 big-time players, like decent players out of those four players right there. Yep. Uh, especially when uh, you know the Yankees sit there and said they take Soto, even though I wouldn't want him to. But right there, you, you can get three key pieces right there for Juan Soto. I, I think he's so, Dominguez easily. I, I, Volpe's oh, yeah. off the deal, off the off the, and he's not going to happen. But Dominguez easily. I don't know who else they'd be willing to go after or trade, but I think you. I don't know. The Yankees are. We'll see if Cashman gets desperate. I don't think he will. Yeah, well, because he's kind of—I don't know if it's still, like official that he's kind of working for his job, but I think the pressure, the heat on him is as high as it's been in, in several years. I feel like I think he's been working for his job since 2018, and I don't know how he still has a job. That's yeah. <laughs> That's because old man Steinbrenner isn't alive. Yes. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. I agree that old man Steinbrenner would have uh, canned him and oh, made he'd be gone by now. He would have so, okay. made his own deals by now. He might even be like in his second stint now <laughs> after he rehired him. <laughs> but uh, okay, Nick, you're up now. What, what's the one trade that you that you can see uh, and what happened so bad? 
Um, a non-realistic trade is Nolan Arenado. Uh, the Marlins need major pop. They are, if you look at their stats, they lead the, their uh, top five in hits, top five in batting average. Um, they just have a zero pop. They're very low in slugging. Um, Nolan Arenado would change a lot, but I, something realistic, I think, like a Michael Lorenzen and uh, I don't know, like maybe you can go Heimer Candelario, but um, even then, I don't, I don't think he goes there. I think other teams will give him more. So like maybe a Michael Lorenzen and uh, I don't know, something like that. I, I, you need pop, but I just, I don't think there's any pop out there. I know Bellinger was just pulled off the table. I know the Marlins were in on that. I know Glaber Torres, the Marlins are in on that. Um, they got their two right-handed relievers they needed, so I think they're out on relief pitching. Um, if they bring Yuri Perez back, I don't think they need a starter. It's just it's up to what the front office really wants to do. I think the offense is what they need to focus on. Um, so no one Arenado, if it's it's not going to happen, but that's the one I would go for. Hopefully, Jazz okay. comes back because of the pop too. I am so over Jazz. <laughs> you know, I imagine this team with. Uh, Instead of trading Zach Allen for Jazz Chisholm, oh. Zach Allen. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That would be awesome. And I, yeah. I know people love Jazz Chisholm. When he plays, he's good, but he doesn't play. I, I just I, – he doesn't play. I think eventually he should sh- end up at shortstop. I know Tim Anderson's been floated around. I'm, Tim Anderson is ex- – the team is very contact-heavy. They need slugging. They need extra base hits. They need home runs, and that's not what Tim Anderson gives you. So I'm, I'm out of Tim Anderson. I'm off of him. Don, what about the Reds? For the Reds, I would say uh, you target Bryce Miller with Seattle. You put Jonathan India in that deal because the Mariners need a second baseman and a mid-level prospect, but I don't see them trading India right now. He's a big piece of the of the chemistry of the clubhouse, and that's I don't know that they'd want to tamper with that and they wait till the offseason to move him. But realistically, bringing back old friend Michael Lorenzen, I think that would be a good move for the Reds. He could be an upgrade at the back end of the rotation through the end of August until you get uh, Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo back, and then you can slide them into the bullpen to upgrade that uh, down the stretch in September. Okay. And I'll give up a couple of mid-level prospects for him. I think uh, infielder Jose um, Jose Torres and maybe uh, Mike Siani. He's an outfielder, a great defensive center fielder, and you know maybe you part with Austin Hendrick in that deal too. But you give the Tigers a mid-level prospect – um, somebody that you can't afford to part with and just bring him back because, you know, he's an old friend. He already fits uh, the clubhouse and he's somebody that's going to make you just a little bit better uh, throughout the month of August in the rotation. Okay. Crawley, are, are you there for available? If not, we're going to rate to AJ then. So for the Brewers, uh, the middle infield is, is where they need help. And, and we, we already talked about that. Uh, who I'd like to see is Kim from San Diego. We we have the prospects to get them. It's just, will the Brewers be willing to give up those prospects? And I question if they will. Because um, I think they're looking at the future right now. Um, I don't think they plan on going deep in the playoffs. I think this team has surprised them at where they are. Um, so that's a realistic one. Um, I, I don't know if I have a, a dream. You know, Honestly, if they got Hater back, to be truthful, that would be a boost for the clubhouse because when he went, that was like, oh, my God, uh, the bottom fell out of the team. Um, and there was so much talk when they traded him 
how negatively it affected team morale and how that just, it was just bad all the way around. So if they got him back to an already excellent bullpen, that would be pretty cool. But I don't know if that's what they really need. I think that middle infield is, is the key part right now. Okay. So last question around the horn. Will there be a crazy trade deadline splash? George, we'll start with you. And, and I'm talking something ridiculous. No, no, I, the only club I could see doing it would be the Padres. And I, I, I don't think they're going to quite do that, but no. Josh. I'm trying to think. And I, Verlander going back to Houston would, I think is, I don't, but I don't think that would be insane. So I but like also the Mets, Spending all that money and trading them in six months, I think, is a pretty crazy storyline. So I guess that would qual- that would qualify for Lander to Houston. Okay, Nick. Um, I personally think Verlander and Keller will be moved. I I think someone's going to overpay for Keller. Um, I think the craziest thing about this deadline is I counted twenty three teams that think they can make the playoffs, and I don't think I've ever seen that before. Usually, there's like. 18, 19 teams, 23, including the Mets and the Padres in that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, there's no sellers. And I think uh, these teams will give up their guys and uh, someone will overpay. So I think Verlander Keller goes. And honestly, if I'm going with the Red Sox hot take, I don't wouldn't be surprised if Verdugo's moved. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I want him to be moved. I don't know. I just – I wouldn't be surprised if he's the guy who's moved. Yeah, he could be the the odd person out. Uh, Duvall could stay in that corner outfield, you know, there. And when September comes, uh, Nick, in September, do you see uh, Sedone Raphael coming up? Yeah, I think he has to. Um, if he's not moved, I think he has to. Um, okay. Maybe he goes and plays center field for some defense. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be weird because I think Durant, you got to give the everyday center fielder job to Durant. And I think he needs to play against lefties. He needs to play against righties. He needs to play 148 games a year to see what you got out of him. Okay. I, I, and, and I'm completely, uh, I, I want Raphael to come up in September uh, just because he also plays shortstop, you know? Yeah. So this, these next couple weeks with Halk, Whitlock, Sale, and Story all coming back. We got to make up some roster space and we have how many infielders that only play first, I mean, play second or shortstop. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, Kike was the first one gone. I think Arroyo will be the next one gone. Uh, and I, I can sit there and see them trying to uh, trade Valdez or Reyes in a, in a package somewhere. I do want to drop one thing on here. I don't know how uh, credible this is, but my friend was at the Woo Sox game today, and he did tell me he saw a Red Scout there. I don't know how what that means or anything, but the only player I could think of being traded from them would be Rafaelo, but I wouldn't think it would be to the Reds. I think if the Reds got anybody from the Woo Sox, it would be Bobby Dahlbeck. Yep. I, I don't know. Oh, well, Valdez was there, and uh, uh, who was the other guy that came over in the Houston trade? Uh, um, uh, Valdez and Abreu 
Abreu, you know, Abreu's there, and I heard their, both of their names uh, floating around also. So, Don. I think there's going to be uh, a trade with uh, Nolan Arenado going to one of three National League West teams, Giants, Dodgers, or Diamondbacks. I think he's going to be on one of those three. I'm thinking right now more likely Diamondbacks, but I think he's going to be on the move, and it's going to be to one of those three clubs. Oh, man, the the upgrade with Arenado going out to Arizona, that would be crazy. And they've got the prospects prospects to do it. it. Yeah. Yep. Really yep. So, uh, okay. Quick question: uh, If they, if the Cardinals are willing to trade Arenado, do you see him also trading uh, Goldschmidt? Also, I personally think Goldschmidt gets traded before Arenado. I, I just don't. I think uh, maybe the Phillies, who lost Reese Hoskins for the year, uh, maybe they force Harper back into the outfield and they go add a. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, but that's amazingly the only team I can see going get a Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, I mean, too. I don't think there's going to be much of a market for what is he, 36 year old uh, first baseman right now with still some big money left. I don't see him going anywhere. He does have less years than Arenado does on the contract, I think. But, he does, but yeah, but at the same time, you know, I don't know. There's you know, it's it's not a premium position there. You know, yeah, I don't I think there's going to yeah, be a lot of demand for him. Matches up would be the Phillies, yeah. Oh, I mean, let me throw this out there. If you want to talk about moving Goldschmidt, uh, he's older. He can DH. Why not a reunion with Arizona? He could sit and DH in Arizona. Christian Walker's at first, so that's stacked there. So if he goes to Arizona, he DHs. He knows that area. Um, that, that I can see be, that. If, I mean, that would be a possibility. He and Arado in a, in, a, in a package deal empty the farm system. That would make, that would make the D-backs arm system for a guy you already had or go get a CJ crone or, you know what right. I'm saying? Like, I don't, how big of a difference is it if you go get a CJ crone or you go get a, uh, I don't know, just another right-handed bat, something like that. Or a yeah, Candelario, Candelario even like he'd be cheaper than Goldschmidt. Yeah. So AJ, uh, what about you? Is there going to be a big splash? And if so, what? You know, who makes me nervous is the Cubs. They're sitting four games out of first. They've been competitive. They're eight and two in their last ten, and they're willing to spend money. So my that makes me nervous. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see the Cubs go get somebody, and and, and they've done that before. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them do it. And then you know we were talking about the Diamondbacks. They were right there too, right in the middle with a really good roster. So those two teams are the two teams that I think could make a, a significant move. And really, you know, they're not that far out in either division. No, they get into the playoffs. They're going to be dangerous. I would agree. I would agree 100%. I think the uh, Cubs and the Red Sox are in a super similar situation. It's like, do we expect to go win this year? Probably not. But you're in position to, so go add. Yeah, particularly in Boston. I mean, there's been the last couple of years have been just train wrecks, and the the fan the fans are are really really annoyed by the entire situation, and they're expecting something. Oh, there is Cubs back. I think the Cubs could do exactly what the Red Sox do. They could trade everybody. They could trade Paxton. They could trade Duvall. They could trade Ballinger. They could trade Stroman, or they could add. They both could add. 
I think they're in a weird situation. But the Cubs, the, the way that the Cubs have been looking at it is, is that today it, sources have said, and again, these are sources. We all know how that goes, but that uh, Bellinger's off the table. Now, what yep. was not included in that is Stroman. So, you know, Bellinger, again, fits a lot of needs for the Cubs, a left-handed bat, a center fielder, first baseman, all things that we could potentially use. Um, With Stroman, like I said, if he leaves, they get nothing. But uh, I I really, truly feel that this team has a run in them, and I'd like to see what happens. And, And like I said, you know, when you're a big market team, whether it's Boston or New York or whoever, you shouldn't be rebuilding every two or three years. That shouldn't be happening. And so I think that there's an understanding with ownership and and and, and they just launched their own direct-to-consumer app and all these other things. Look, you can't expect people to shell out $20 a month for your new app and, and tell us that we're not trying. That's not going to fly. So I, I just honestly, I just think the best bet is is just roll with Stroman, let him go, uh, keep him on the team. I think Bellinger, they've already established they want to do that, and if they lose him, they lose him. Um, it, it sounds horrible, but you know we got a couple prospects. Our center fielder prospect is really, really highly rated, and there's a first base prospect that we got in, in um, Matt Mervis. So I, I think they they got to give it a try here. It, it's it's they're close enough. You can't white flag it. That's that's something that I don't think this fan base will tolerate it, especially after what happened in 2021, losing all their good players. Yeah. Crowley, uh, last question we wanted to ask everybody uh, was, will there be a big splash before the trade deadline is over? And what would, what do you think it's going to be? Man, that's a good question. I'm not really sure because everyone kind of seems to be uh what do they call that in a Mexican standoff when everybody's got their guns all pointed at each other? I mean, who, who's mm-hmm. going to be the one that's really going to blink and offer something bigger than the rest? Because there are, like I said, with this new playoff format, there are so many teams that probably think we can make a run for it. We got a shot, you know? I mean, here we are in the NL Central, and we got three guys right here just on this podcast who all think that we have a shot at this. And, 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 and you know, that's the NL Central, which is the weakest of the NL divisions compared mm-hmm. to the East and the West. So I don't know. It, it, it's, this is, this is the thing that scares people. Like when we talk about NBA and we talk about bulls, they call it basketball hell where you're good enough to get in the playoffs, but not good enough to get far to do anything. Uh, the teams that are going to have to, you know, really do a gut check are those that say, okay, I think we can do this. But like I said, with the Cubs, we've been doing it for two years. So I think the time has come from being sellers to being buyers. And, and I think that, you know, a couple, a couple good bull pieces, I think would go a long way. The only, the only reason I would say the Red Sox and the Cubs would be sellers is because there are no sellers. And I think you can just get some team to overpay for one of your studs. And I think Bellinger is a guy that someone would overpay for. Right. I I remember though, too, is that a lot of people, you know, we were the first move, the first domino to fall in that Cubs dismemberment of everything was um, you Darvish. And that trade to the, to the, to the Padres and everyone thought we were going to get, you know, King's ransom for that. And you know, you you get a bunch of scratch off lottery tickets, right? You get a bunch of 16, 17 year olds. We got one guy in that trade that's still around. That's doing pretty good. Owen Cassie is uh, the one that really still is. And that's how it works. You know, you hope if you can hit one out of four, that's not bad, but just like I said, at this point right now, I'm, I'm just thinking that it would, it would be a real tough sell with the fan base. Yeah, I agree with that. A team like the Red Sox and the Cubs, you can't just go sell every year. But I do have been saying, like, uh, 
I see like the Tigers might not even sell because they're only six games out of a first place. Like it's like no one is selling. It's so weird to me. <laughs> and, and how yeah. much teams value their prospects. Yeah. And I'm, that is something I disagree on with a lot of people. Like if you're in a win now mode, go get them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think that this was the problem we had last year when, when the Cubs were trying to get rid of Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ, they ended mm-hmm. up getting, you know, Contreras walked, they got the qualifying offer and Ian Happ uh, signed a three-year extension right at the beginning of the season. But there was a deal with the Mets and, you know, they just didn't want to be PCA again because they took the Javi Baez and Trevor Williams half a season for PCA and PCA, like I said, has just been otherworldly. He's in our double A. There's no, I, nobody knows why he's still in double A. He's just basically playing home run derby. The guy's a five tool player. He's, he's looking really good. And that, that, that deal looks really, really bad for the Mets. And I think people are now all of a sudden rethinking things a little bit. Just to clarify, that's Pete Crow Armstrong, right? Yes. Pete Crow Armstrong. Okay. Correct. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Exactly. So. <laughs> Well, guys, this has been fun. I appreciate everybody that's come on. Uh, you know, Don's the only one that hasn't come on our podcast uh, previously before, but anytime the Red Sox uh, are playing the Reds, I'll make sure to reach out to you, Don. So uh, oh, let's just let's go around the horn real quick. Uh, this is your time to tell everybody where they can uh, find you at. Uh, let's start with Nick first, and we'll work back to George. Uh, yeah, you guys can follow me on uh, Twitter, or I guess it's called X now, whatever it's called. Um, and Diamond Media is what I'm at. Uh, grew up a Red Sox fan, Marlins fan, work for the Marlins now. So I guess I would love to win a ring for the Marlins. That would be awesome. Don? on Like you said, X now, at uh, just Don Helbig there. And also um, – on Substack, you can subscribe free to my Reds newsletter. It's called Thing Is, I'm a Reds fan. All right. You can follow me um, on Twitter. I'm not going to give it that other name, whatever. Uh, at Crawley's Cubs. You can find me at Threads, Crawley's Clubhouse on Threads, Facebook, and Insta. Uh, we have an, a podcast, Fly the W, uh, with 670 The Score in Chicago. So if you are if you have the Odyssey app, you can listen wherever. But Odyssey is the one that kind of sponsors it. So that's where we are. And uh, you can find me at, at JJ Lynn JJ, which I have displayed here. Um, I do have a podcast. I've been kind of on break for the last couple of months. I, I do plan on, on getting that started up again in earnest. And when I do, I will announce it on my Twitter. And it's it's Twitter. It's not anything else, you petulant man, baby. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's been awesome. I had a good time doing this. Yeah, Josh, I, I know, man. The, the Orioles are the hottest they've been for how long now? And then you, you just you just put a pause on on, on the podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's been – I'm very like – because I do it myself, and I'm just super weird. I'm like self so, Like, who's going to want to listen to me yammer for 40 minutes when there's a bunch of other good Orioles podcasts out there? But, no, I am definitely going to start it again at some point. Hey, uh, DC and myself thought the exact same thing. Who the heck's going to want to listen to us for, you know – 50 minutes to an hour and you know we've come come a long way so it's very true george you're up next sure um you can find me uh here uh a lot of the time uh on the pesky podcast uh i'm on Substack, uh pundit of the pesky poll uh on twitter you can find me uh you know to my old uh Days as a consultant at Sign Thurland Systems. 
And uh, yeah, I do a Sunday column uh, on the Pundit of the Pesky poll uh, called Sunday Morning Coffee Thoughts. So you can look look for that every Sunday morning. But And um, the head writer for the Pesky Podcast as well. So that's, that's how you can find me. So guys, thanks for coming on. Uh, I had a blast. Uh, we we're supposed to have more teams on here, but you know, it, things happen. Life happens. So, but I'm glad who, who we had. And guys, check us out next time. Make sure you sit there and follow us on Twitter. Uh, follow us on YouTube. Uh, we throw out uh, episodes on all major platforms. Uh, live episodes go out on YouTube. Uh, check out the merchandise lineup we've been throwing out yeah. there left and right. You know, podcast shirts. Uh, you know, for the ladies out there, we've got the pesky party girl shirts. Uh, you know, we've got the uh, uh, if the Red Sox keep playing like they have been, you might need one of our pesky uh, podcast beer mugs, shot glasses for all your alcohol needs. So, so guys, uh, thanks for stopping by and check us out next time on the pesky podcast. Cool.